welcome to Have a Nice Apodcalypse. It's the Talk Film Society podcast in which we look at the films of Richard Kelly and, in particular, we break down the film Southland Tales. I am one of your co-hosts, Marcelo Pico, and with me is the other co-host of this show. Who is it? He'll say his name right now. It's Marcus Irving, everybody. I'm back for another one. He's back. People said he wasn't going to come back. Uh, the last episode, everyone was uh, was up in arms about whether Marcus yeah. was going to come back, and and yeah. and you're like you you said to everybody, I'm not going to be canceled. Like I, I'm uncancelable. I'm Marcus Irving. I can say whatever I want uh, on these on these shows. You can't stop me from yeah, from appearing right. on these podcast I, I, episodes. I had to take a pretty big pay, pay cut. Yeah. I admit. Yeah, because I because Talk Film Society didn't exactly want me associated with them anymore. But look, I if 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 anybody's wondering what exactly happened, listen to the last episode uh, right now. Pause this. <laughs> listen to the last episode. Listen to all of it. Um, yeah. And then if you're also if, if you're confused by that, then go back and listen to all the other episodes. Listen right. to the past twelve episodes of Have Have a Nice Apocalypse. Um, and I'll say that. Uh, if you don't know what's going on by that point, then I'll also just say, uh, read that Kevin Spacey news uh, from the last week, and uh, you'll have an idea of what kind of trouble Marcus is in. <laughs> he has to pay $30 million uh, to the production uh, of House of Cards. Um, anyway, Marcus, how was your holiday week? H- how's that been? Because we're recording this a day after black friday which we all uh, were celebrating this week but uh how how was your holiday week i've been pretty all right i guess uh holidays aren't great for me but uh i uh you know i went out for black friday kind of i went to a resident evil movie uh what resident evil welcome to raccoon city um i watched that i uh enjoyed it well enough i Got a couple nice uh, little dealios. What did you pick up? At the stores. Oh, geez. What didn't I pick up? Ha, 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 I, uh, I, uh, I, uh, you know, I picked up, uh, you know, uh, where was my picture of the stuff that I picked up? You know, some stuff. Oh, here it is. Um, I picked up an AEW action figure at Walmart. Of whom? Uh, um, I picked up some Animal Crossing stuff for my mom. Uh, I... I got, uh, I found like a pretty big score at, uh, BAM books a million. I don't know if that's around you or not. No, it's not. It's basically borders. Oh, they had like 25% or 50% off their Blu-rays, I guess. That's a deal. And while I was there, it was a deal. I found, uh, I found the Blu-rays for U2's, uh, rattle and hum and their 360 tour. Oh, and I was quite shocked by that because I think that that rattle and hum Blu-ray in particular is like hard to find, hard right? Print, hard, hard to, to print. Get. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. you you lucked so I was out there. Pretty damn stoked about that. Yeah. So save that for our YouTube podcast, which we're going to do after this mm-hmm. Southland Tales podcast. Um, right. Yeah, because uh, I know you're a big U2 head. Um, now, Marcus, now you have to ask me what I got. Uh, Marcelo, did you do any Black Friday shopping? Did you go to any cinema films? What had your weekend do for Thanksgiving? (laughs) Perfectly said. I took the family to go see Ghostbusters Afterlife. 
Second nice. time, second time I watched it. Still don't like that movie. Um, right. I I bought some video but games. The family loved it. Oh, the fam. Oh, I mean, my sister and the kids. They 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 dug it. I, I I'm just. And that's I, what it's about. That's, that's what, what that's, it's all that's about. what it, that's what it's about. They cried. Not everybody has to be as snooty as us film critics. No, 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 no. And uh, forget. You know what? I'm not even. I'm not even getting into it. I'm not. I'm. I promised myself I wouldn't get into Ghostbusters Afterlife discourse, and I'm not going to. Uh, so I'll just leave it. I'll, I'll leave it right there. But the family loved it. I didn't. Uh, I bought some video games, bought some movies over the last week. Um, took part in that Vinegar Syndrome sale. Wasted a lot of money there. Um, but yeah, I had a had a good time this past week. Um, recorded a podcast last night uh, about the movie Tick Tick Boom, which will be out soonish. And uh, speaking of that. I found something out that uh, that that you might be interested in, and it ties into a movie I saw right. over the weekend. Um, okay. So apparently, the new movie Tick Tick Boom, uh, the Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen that yet, Marcus. Um, it's it's I good. Uh, you I plan might to watch it. Yeah, you might you might appreciate it. I think I, th- I think you end up liking it because I think you have good taste. Um, that came out on Netflix uh, last week or so, and thanks to the algorithm of Netflix. Uh, another film on Netflix uh, uh, jumped in, jumped jumped up in the rankings uh, because it had a similar title to Tick Tick Boom. Uh, can you guess what that movie is, Marcus? <laughs> a similar title to Tick Tick Boom. Yes, uh, that jumped up the the uh, Netflix algorithm top ten list. Click click zoom. You're so close. You're so close. Click just click. No, here comes the boom. <laughs> Here comes the boom. Ah, yes. 50, 50 uh, Kevin James facts. He is a star of one of them. <laughs> and my brother-in-law, for and this, this didn't make sense to me until today, because we, we, we saw this on Thursday. He just said all of a sudden, hey, let's see. Let's see. Here comes the boom. And I go, okay. I, I don't know why you want to see this Kevin James movie from eight <laughs> years ago. Um, so we put it on, and he was surprised that it was an old movie. Uh, and yeah, yeah I, and he cool. w- he he uh, he and uh, I'm sure a lot of people um, uh, watched Here Comes the Boom uh, this past week only because it had a similar title to Tick Tick Boom, and that's why yeah. I saw Here Comes the Boom, starring Kevin James, uh, with my family, uh, who all abandoned the movie um, except to me, and I, I I I think I was the only one left standing at the end of the movie. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you've seen that movie, right, right, Marcus? I, 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 <clears throat> I have not seen much of it. I've seen like a few minutes because when I was in high school, still that movie was playing in like the cafeteria once. <laughs> I don't remember what purpose it was for. Like, like it was cafeteria. like a recreational day or something. I don't know. But yeah, that movie was playing, and I saw like a little bit of it. But no, I haven't. I have not sought the whole thing out. I am usually a fan. I'm a fan of Kevin James. Usually, I'm a fan of that kind of Sandler comedy style. Usually, so I don't know. I, I think I might like it, but I've never, I've never, never bothered. It's not a bad movie. It, it. Okay. I, I think the only real bad thing it has two real bad things. One, Joe Rogan's in it. That's bad. Um, okay. And because I mean, if you don't know the plot, um, uh, Kevin James plays a teacher in that movie who, for some reason, decides to raise money for the school because he feels bad for the music teacher, 
and in order to raise money, he figures he can start UFC fighting or, you know, mixed martial arts fighting. <laughs> and apparently you can still win money by just losing at those fights. So he, he, it's similar to Rocky where it's an underdog story and he ends up fighting like a actual UFC fighter at the end of the movie. And, uh, should I spoil here comes the boom Marcus? Because you, that's, you can do it. It's okay. It's that's, okay. So I said, there's two things wrong with this movie. First one, Joe Rogan. Second one, second thing that's wrong with this movie is, uh, it's, it, it's unbelievable that Kevin James would win a fight with a U- real UFC he fighter. Won? He yeah, wins at the end. It doesn't make what are you talking any about? sense to me, Marcus. I uh, at that point I was plaster drunk too, so I, I was still just just slack jawed. Like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> they, they 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 should have just ended it like Rocky, because like and uh, I, I okay this this is not going to be a review of Here Comes the Boom, but no. it it perfectly set up a scenario where. Even if he if, even if he lost, uh, Rocky style, then it would have been a solid story and a solid movie in the end. But just it, but it just becomes so unbelievable that yeah, uh, he goes three rounds with a UFC fighter and he wins. Um, but yeah, all right, that's here comes the boom. Otherwise, pretty good. Uh, Henry Winkler good gags in there. Funny. Some good gags, yeah. I mean, I I, I chuckled. It, it wasn't you know a hundred percent annoying like uh, I would think Kevin James movies would be, um, because we 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 ended up seeing. Did we see both of those Paul Blart movies, or, or did we just see one of them? I don't remember. We we've only done a commentary for the first one. Okay. Uh, I, I I believe I've asked. Uh, to do a second one, you've been like I was asking at the time. I was like trying to egg you on into doing it, and I think you resisted. Yeah. Uh, why don't we do that for Christmas? Why don't we do uh, Paul Blart two for Christmas? Because uh, that, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Record it on Christmas. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, all right. So that's that's the tease. We're going to do a commentary for Paul Blart Two. Well, well, wait, wait, hang on. We'll be we'll both be at Matrix Resurrections on that day, probably. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it on Christmas. I'm not going to record. You're not going to go on Christmas. Come on, Marcelo. Uh, okay. Uh, what, what? No. I'm it not- comes out the twenty second. It'll have been out for three days. You can hold off a little bit just to just to leave your family. And go to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> to abandon I've only done that a few times I've only abandoned my family a few times on Christmas to go see a movie I did that for Les Miserables that came out on Christmas I went to go see mm-hmm. that on Christmas Day uh, Wolf of Wall Street I went to go see that on Christmas Day I nice. but I think Widows maybe or maybe that was Thanksgiving I seem to remember sneaking away and watching Widows um, look that up, Marcus. Um, the the release date of Widows. Uh, but anyway, um, I well, thinking about it now for Christmas, I don't think there is one coming out on Christmas that I'm gonna sneak away to see. Um, Licorice Pizza? No, that I, I I hear word that that might come out uh, for an early screening here in Austin soon, so I might see it then. Um, it was Thanksgiving Widows. Oh, uh, okay, for, yeah, thanks. Sixteen. Thanksgiving movie. I, I I saw that in my local hometown theater, and I remember thinking, oh, good movie, and also remembering the fact that a row behind me, a woman was clipping her toenails or fingernails. Uh, either mm-hmm. one. I just heard the noise of that happening. That's um, great. Anyway, good stuff. One fly into your hair. 
Uh, almost. Got a souvenir. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, it's like I could hear the fingernails like wisp past my ears. Like that's how close it felt. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I don't know why we all. I don't know why we talked about all that stuff. Um, Christmas movies. Get into it, uh, Marcus. I think that about covers everything we need to cover in terms of our lives. Uh, let's talk about the yeah, show. Yeah, of, um, of course. So the show. This is a special edition of the show. Uh, tell us what we're doing, Marcus. Yeah, so uh, we've uh, we've been kind of blazing through this movie, uh, Southland Tales, at a blistering pace. Uh, so many people can't even keep up. We can barely keep up, and uh, we decided we decided to slow it down a little bit. This is a, a patented slowing it down episode where we're going to take a little bit of extra time to, uh, because we're at the exact halfway point of the movie in terms of number of chapters. Uh, our last episode was chapter six of, uh, Southland tales out of 12. So we decided to, uh, just take a nice halfway point breather, catch up on ourselves, uh, make sure that we're doing the best job that we could possibly be doing. And we are going to examine, a uh, a film that is like a major inspiration for the film Southland Tales, and uh, and uh, yeah, we've, we're bringing on a noir expert <laughs> to uh, help us uh, talk about the film. Should I say the name of the film, Marcel? Yeah, or is yeah. that wait? No, so we're, we're bringing on a noir, our noir expert uh, who who is unnamed, and you'll you'll meet them later. <laughs> Um, you will, we will be talking about the film, uh, Kiss Me Deadly, uh, 1955, five, uh, it's a noir movie. I had never seen it before. Marcelo had seen it once or twice before. Um, it's something that I do have to see to fully soak in, uh, the world of Southland Tales, I think, because, uh, having watched it now, I think, uh, I think we can draw a few parallels. I, th- I think you could um, say if you're so lucky. Yeah, I, th- I think you could say there's some nods, there's some uh, homages yeah. to to this to kiss me <laughs> you deadly. Could say something you like could, that. I think you could, we're gonna wait. Okay, okay, uh, okay. We're gonna get into it. You but, could uh, say Dick Kelly watched this on TCM one night and said, mm-hmm, "Wait a mm-hmm, second. He grabs mm-hmm. the Southland Tales first draft and he tears it up and he goes, "You know what?" I've got start it all wrong. I got. I, I know what I'm doing now. Yeah, we're yeah. Ta- we're ta- so yeah, we're doing. That, that's what we're doing. Yeah, we're going to talk about Kiss Me Deadly. Yeah, Kiss Me Deadly. <laughs> we're going to talk. About- uh, but yeah, that's that's our slowing it down episode, um, and and uh, and uh, hopefully I'll get this out uh, when it's still noir November, so it all it, it it all makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah that's it, another yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah, November, whatever. Yeah. What, what, what yeah. yeah. I mean, this was supposed to be out like a week ago, but it's fine. Um, it'll it'll be out before december uh all right yeah will, uh, yeah if we, if we stick to our regular <laughs> tuesday schedule it'll be out uh, the day november ends yes uh and, uh and we'll have to wake up that guy from green day yeah and say hey uh where have you been uh i because we need a song for every month he is like an advert calendar uh for yeah. for months uh that guy billy joel is that his name Billy Joel, yeah, that's him. <laughs> Billy Joel. <laughs> Wait, Joel Gray? Is that him? Am I am I close? I 
<laughs> you were closer the first time. Do you want me to say it? Billy Green, <laughs> Mr. Green, <laughs> Joel Day. <laughs> uh, no, all right, I give up. Who is it? Who's who's the singer of Green Day? Uh, it, it, it's uh, Joel Yellow. <laughs> Mr. Coldplay himself, Joel Yellow. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's 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 Billy. Uh, you just got to take one letter out of the first thing you said, Marcelo. Billy Joe. Billy Joe. Billy Joe Armstrong, I think. Oh, okay, okay, okay. See, I was close. Yeah. I was close. Yeah. Uh, he, he's got to come back and sing, hey, wake me up when November ends, because we got to put the Southland yeah. Tales episode out. Right. What are you drinking, Marcus? Uh, Nothing currently. Um, <laughs> you should hydrate. You should drink something. I, I've got a handful of uh, choices around me, Marcel. You know what? Here, in our next segment, uh, when our noir expert uh, joins us to uh, share their expertise, um, I'll be drinking something along with them and with you. Uh, here are my here are the choices. You're going to decide for me, okay? Okay. So you're going to give me an option, three options as to what you're drinking, and I have well, I'm, more than three. Uh, more, you have you have more than three options. Uh, I have more than three options within a arm's stretch of me for dr- liquids to drink. All right, go r- run through this, and am, am yeah. I am I going to decide now? You're gonna, hmm, yeah, I think you're going to decide now. Okay, uh, because I'm going to crack open that can as soon as the next segment starts. Okay, 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 that sounds good. All right, and that'll so be a fun little surprise for our guest. Run, <laughs> run, run through the uh, the the list of options. Okay, I got half a bottle of uh, uh, water that is uh, branded for a local grocery store. Okay, mm, fair nice, way. Nice, nice. I have a can uh, of Mountain Dew. All right, all right. So that's choice right. number two. Okay. I have two different White Claws. Oh. Uh, you can choose either tangerine or mango flavor. Oh. All right. So that's, there's four there. Okay. I have a big can of Rockstar Energy drink with the Master Chief himself on the side. <laughs> Master Chief himself. Can, can pop one of those open and uh, secret answer or secret thing number six. I have a jar of paste salsa next to me for some reason. <laughs> so uh, what, what's it going to be, Marcelo? As much as I want you to drink paste salsa <laughs> during a podcast recording. Uh, and... Hmm. Do you have to work tomorrow morning, Marcus? I mean, we're we're, we're no. recording Saturday night, so hey, why, why don't you party no. up and drink one of those? Uh, what what were the alcoholic choices? I already forgot. We're busting open a claw. Yeah. We got uh, tangerine or mango. Go with tangerine. A tangerine white That's claw. That's the right answer. My there friend. you go, baby. Uh, oh, oh! Uh, uh, this is part of our Southland Ales segment. Uh, I'm gonna give a quick review. I thought you, I thought you were gonna crack that in the next segment. I am. I'm drinking the mango one now. Oh, okay. All right. So you're 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 pre-gaming for the next segment. Um, <laughs> I had some Sonic hard seltzer drinks. Yeah, what the fuck is this, Marcelo? Okay, I, I uh, went... You, you kind of blew my mind with this. I, I I don't have a Sonic very near me, but I'd be willing to take a little bit of a drive for this. Now, I, I just got a message from our guest saying uh, they'll be ready in 10 minutes, so we, we have 10 minutes to spare. Um, All right, let's do this. White Claw, so, or uh, Hard Seltzers. So, okay, 
Because we, oh, Sonic. this is the running gag on the show. We always have to talk about hard seltzers. Uh, it, it's in the yes. long storied um, canon of this of this uh, podcast. So the Sonic hard seltzers, my brother in law uh, pulled some out uh, when I was over. At that point, he just I, whipped them out. He had them. He already? just whipped them out. Yeah, he had them. He just he just what sprung the them. He just sprung them on us. And right. I was like, whoa. Hey, that would have had that would have made me have a heart attack. I think I I was on the ground. They had they had to call an ambulance. Uh, at that point, I was already about neck deep into Topo Chico heart seltzers, and you know how much I love those, Marcus. I mean, those are those, those are great. And maybe I was already just you know way too you know tipsy to you know d- differentiate whether the Sonic heart seltzers were any good. But to me, I tried the. Mango guava, I think. Oh no, no, the melon melody. Sorry. Okay, the ones in front of me. Melon uh, melody. Hold on. How poetic. Let me run through the flavors. Um, and apparently there are two boxes you can choose from for for Sonic Heart Seltzers. I forget what the what the differences are, but the the pack that was presented, uh, the the pack of flavors presented to me, had the following: ocean water, uh, which has a picture of coconuts on it. Uh, mango guava, uh, orange pineapple, and melon medley. Okay, I had the melon medley, and I don't know what to tell you. It was just it was just a sugary hard seltzer drink. That's what it was. Uh, I mean, it just it's mm-hmm. like yeah. I mean, uh, it, it it was fine. Uh, I I I don't see myself going back and saying oh I I definitely have to try some more of these Sonic hard seltzers. Do you have to get them at a Sonic restaurant? No, I. Or do you, or do you pick them up in a store? Like, is those a thing that are on sale? Yeah, at a store, a grocery store. Apparently, they are. They they got them at a Kroger, which is uh, is that is that a regional? Uh, is that a regional store, or, or do you all have Kroger's? Yeah, up there? it is. I don't have that. Yeah, so it's like it's kind of like your fairways. Like we have Kroger's down here. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, Sonics are much pro- much more prevalent here in here in Texas. Uh. So much so that uh, one of the greatest shots ever in a Terrence Malick film is him shooting a Sonic like it's like a goddamn like like Heaven's Gate. It's, 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 it's a beautiful shot. And I believe that movie was uh, it's one of the it might have been Song to Song. Uh, are you a Terrence Malick fan, Marcus? Uh, I have one of his movies in my top five of all time. Uh, I'm going to be honest, that is the only one of his movies that I have seen, uh, that, that that movie being Tree of Life. That, that is to shame me, absolutely. But uh, I, uh, I I want to be more well-versed in the man. I mean, uh, I mean uh, uh, everybody seemed to love him universally when he only did a movie like every 10 years, right? And then he, he had that run... Where he was just shooting, yeah. where he was like shooting After him out. After Tree of Life, he was like, "Oh, Ben Affleck, get in here!" Yeah, so he did. And we're also going to do this and this. Yeah, Night of Cups, Voyage of Time, Song to Song, Thomas Lennon, get in here. A Hidden Life, I believe the I one. Want to shoot you. I believe the one that has that magnificent shot of a Sonic restaurant. I think that's maybe Night of Cups. I think. Uh. Because they're, they're uh, or it might have been song to song actually. Because I think song to song, I mean he 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 shoots a lot of these in Texas to be honest. Uh, but song to song is one in particular where the the setting is in Austin, Texas, 
and it takes place during a music festival. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the one that has this beautiful shot of Sonic, uh, the the drive-in restaurant. Uh, But anyway, Sonic, hard seltzer drinks, they're okay. Uh, Did, Did they... Did they make you feel like one of the Sonic guys? Those two guys that are always bickering at the Sonic drive-in in the commercials? Let me throw another question at you and ignore that one. Do you think they have their own podcast now? Those Sonic guys? <laughs> I uh, Look, that's not a bad guess. But <laughs> I, think, I think they are plenty... Uh, rich enough just from doing those Sonic <laughs> ads for 10 years that they're probably like, cause I, I have heard on other podcasts saying like, we've tried to get one of these guys and they're just not into it. At all. <laughs> so but, okay. I, I don't think so. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if the, if it ended up like an office ladies, uh, scenario where those two guys, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if those two dudes just decided to say one day, Hey, let's make a podcast. And every podcast episode will be us talking about one of our Sonic commercials. Yeah, yeah. Marcus? Hey, hey, that'd be a hit, I think. You'd listen to that? Well, I think it'd be a hit. I don't know (laughs) if I would listen to it. Uh, All right, I think that's enough preamble. I think think that's enough intro. (laughs) I think think we've given people enough. Uh, All right, anything else to say before we, we bring in our guest, Marcus? No, I'm just going to go uh, down this mango white claw, prepare myself for that tangerine flavor to hit me like a truck. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to do this, Marcelo. Um, You're excited to talk some noir? I, 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 I can't wait to talk some noir with a real true expert, one who has spent their lives uh, studying the <laughs> genre. Uh, I, think and, I, uh, I, think, I think they actually took a class in noir, so that's, that's more than me. That's, that's I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not giving them you. shit. I think this is true that they are clearly a bigger fans and bigger fan of the genre, more more knowledgeable about it, and that's why they're here. I laugh to give us their expertise. I laugh because uh, I I want you to tell them that they're an expert and see what they say. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. And and, and we'll see how that goes. We'll we'll see how this person takes it. Uh, all right. Uh, so the mystery will be revealed. We'll we'll un- uh, we'll reveal the guest for this episode in the next segment. So please enjoy some Moby. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll be back after this. And we're back. Well, did, did y'all enjoy that Moby? I certainly did. We're back. We're back. Hey, Marcus is back. Yeah. Mark, I mean, the uh, sweet sounds of Moby. People were we wondering. Fall asleep. People were Go wondering. Off to dreamland. If the if the now canceled Marcus Irving would come back to the show, um, but he's still here. He's still here. Um, right. Yeah. Marcus, do you want to introduce our guest for this episode? Let's do this. Yes. Uh, in the year 2016, our guests joined with Talk Film Society and helped build it into the media empire that it is today. But that wasn't enough for her. So in 2020, she did it again and founded the film criticism monolith that is Film Cred. 
and she did it all in between hosting the hit podcast sequels, We Forgive You, TFS Assemble, and So Says the Villager, and while putting over 850 hours into Animal Crossing New Horizons. And became and she became one of the world's most renowned noir experts in that time. <laughs> va va voom 3D pow! It's Sarah Sarantino. Sarantino. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh no! Oh. <laughs> what a historical mess up! Right at the end. God damn it! <laughs> right at the end. God damn it. Social Villager had one 15 minute long episode. I don't even know if it came out. <laughs> oh my god. That's the funniest I've ever laughed. <sighs> Can I ask y'all a question? Why is it always Sarah Sarantino? Not just humor, does that happen often? No, Everyone I, I, does that. I, no, yeah, I've never I, done it before. I, I called Sarah uh, Sarantino. I think uh, for that top 25 episode we did and Marcus just did it's it. Ha- but it's not just y'all. Just to give you guys, you know, it's, it's everyone. I always get Sarah Sarantino. <laughs> I think it's just the fact that it's it's two S, yeah, two S names together. Sarah, Sarah it's the Sorrentino. alliteration. Sarah and Sarah are kind of close. Like a, and you just said Sarah. Anyway, you disgraced my people. Um, Sarah Torrentino. How, Tarantino. Uh, Sarah Tarantino. Marcus, how dare you do this on the week House of Gucci is released? I mean, for, for <laughs> come on. I apologize to the Italian people. Yes. To the Italian community. Please apologize um, to my uncle, Paolo Sorrentino, director Paolo of Sorrentino. Uh, <laughs> and Young Pope. Oh, that's right. And, and my cousin, Mikey Sorrentino, the situation. <laughs> Please apologize to my my uncle and my cousin. Have we wait? Have, all all apologies to those men, those great men. Have we talked about Jersey Shore, Sarah? Because, uh, I'm sure. Have we talked about Jersey Shore? Have if we, we haven't on Jersey here, Shore? I've talked about it on another. What a good podcast. topic to get into. Yeah, uh, you know what? We we don't have time to to to, to dick around here. We we, we clock we, is ticking. You know, I only have like another hour and a half before I go to bed. Sarah is like a reverse vampire. She cannot stay up late. Uh, she, all right, uh, all right. So, that's what the vampires do. Yeah. All right. So, Sarah. Yeah. Why Your are you here, name, Marcus? Sarah Sorrentino. Oh, so, you are here. Soaring. You are here Soaring. to help us uh, talk about the film uh, "Kiss Me Deadly." Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Because I'm, here. I'm you, here for that. Yeah. You and and why 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 is that, Mar- uh, Marcella? Why why, oh, why why do you think Sarah's here? <clears throat> why do I think she's here? Well, um, yeah. well, like we said in the intro episode, uh, "Kiss Me Deadly" uh, is an influence on Richard Kelly, uh, and it's definitely influence on Southland Tales. Uh, they they even play the movie in the movie uh, Southland Tales. Uh, and I think you brought it up, Marcus. You're like, hey, we should bring Sarah Sorrentino onto the show, uh, possibly for Kiss Me Deadly. And I go, that's perfect, because uh, I think Sarah knows a lot about noir. Uh, Some would even call her a noir expert. And it'd be perfect for our November episode, uh, because it's November, And uh, yeah, and she she and I have a, have a, have a history with noir, actually. Uh, which we talked about in real life when we saw each other last, right, Sarah? You, you and I saw some noir movies in the past. Yeah, but we can't remember which ones. I can't remember. 
Yeah, the, uh, our, our local theater here in Austin had like a noir fest, and we saw two of those. Um, yeah. And then we saw another one at like the AFS uh, cinema, which I also can't remember which one we saw. Um, no fucking idea. No idea. <laughs> we saw Crimson Camino together. I'm pretty sure yeah. we saw Crimson Camino together. Did we see it at AFS? I do not know. I don't. I don't, I don't remember. Know. Well, that sounds like a very fun time that you two had. <laughs> um, I'm just going to say for myself, uh, I my uh, knowledge of uh, classic noir begins with uh, the the movie M, which oh. I saw to write about for TalkFilmSociety.com many okay. years ago, and it ends with the film Kiss Me Deadly, and there's nothing in between. <laughs> Whoa. So, wow. so I, uh, I I definitely need some help uh, with somebody who is as knowledgeable about the genre as Sarah is. Uh, Marcelo, do you, do you need help with noir? Are you the big expert? You two go to oh. movies all the time together and see noir movies. No, we've only seen like five movies together, and uh, I, well, and the, we saw a movie together this past year, right, sir? We saw Red Rocket, but that wasn't noir. Um, I, no, not even close. All right, Marcus just cracked a cold one. Um, <laughs> tangerine White Claw. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I don't. I'm not an expert uh, because uh, listen. Sarah, how do you feel about being called an expert in noir? I have to tell you both something. Uh oh. I I I have to tell you. Uh oh. You're both wrong um, about me. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> no, 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 no. This no, can't no, be true. You're very wrong about me. I have two things that are going to prove that you're wrong. The first one is, I took one class on film noir in college, and that was six years ago. <laughs> and. Okay. Uh, I'm, I've been riding that wave ever since, so it's fleeting. It's it's fallen. I I don't remember everything. Second part is, kiss me, Dudley. I bought by mistake. <laughs> okay, what did you think you were mistake. getting? It was my That's first so Criterion I ever bought. Um, and I bought it by mistake. I was trying to buy Murder My Sweet, which is my favorite noir ah. ever, and. I had seen Kiss Me Deadly. I think I had watched it on Canopy or something around the same time I had watched Murder My Sweet. Because um, I was just trying to watch a bunch of like film noir films. And um, I hardly paid attention to Kiss Me Deadly. But I remembered the name because it is a song by... It's a song by the band with where Skrillex was the lead singer. What? <laughs> or it's kiss me i'm contagious anyways the name i remember marcus, the name marcus 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 I, I i need to talk to you for a bit sarah <laughs> just 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 wait marcus yeah that's a side conversation marcus we got? i think i think we made a mistake here <laughs> <laughs> no 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 no, no. I, I i won't go that far i think at the very minimum she does know more than either of us that is true oh, both of us put together that's true. That, is true. That, is true. that is true that is true okay uh, I, yeah I, I will offer the counterpoint that there are four of uh four noir movies in sarah's top 25 and there were probably zero in mine that is true so, she certainly has more of an affinity for the genre than I do. Yeah. And no, I, I, you're right on that part. <laughs> I, you know, you took that class, uh, Sarah in noir, and that's more than both of us. So that's something. And I also just pulled up my, uh, I pulled up a list on letterbox that had just a bunch of noir films on it. And I scrolled through and, and looked up the ones I had seen. I think we may have seen Sarah gun for hire, 
uh, this gun for hire uh, at one of our screenings. Yeah, but I couldn't tell you what happened in that movie. Of course, the Crimson uh, Kimono was one. Uh, that was a good one. Possibly we saw My Darling Clementine, maybe? I, I thought know. you said possibly. Pos- possibly? <laughs> mm, another ap- apology to the Italian. <laughs> yes. Uh, but and, and then and scrolling through this list, I mean, I've I've seen M, I've seen Maltese Falcon. I've never seen M. I've never seen Maltese Falcon. Uh, Double Indemnity. Have you seen that? Yes, I have. Very yeah, good. Very good. Uh, Gilda. Gilda's a. a-, a- according a to this list, it's a noir. Uh, and, I don't trust this person. But I, I mean, I've seen it. I saw that this past year, and that was a. Uh, it, I mean, it has some like mafiosos in it, so I, I think you'd call it. Isn't a that where she flips her hair? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, there, yeah, I only know the gif. Yeah, there's some so there's some mob ties in that. Big sleep, of course. Um, Here, listen, listen, listen. Let's focus up. Okay. Yes. Despite not being an expert, um, I re- finally rewatched the film today. Kiss me deadly. Yes. And yes. Uh, I fully paid attention. Yes, and I, okay. I have opinions. Oh, why don't okay. we? Get, oh, Great. this is this is what? Great. Okay, Marcus. Yes. Hey, Marcus. Marcus. Conversation. I think I think this is gonna okay, work yeah. out. I think this is gonna work out. All right. All right. Yeah. This, is, this sounds good. This sounds. This good, sounds yeah. good. I like this. I like the sound of this. All right. Okay. 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 Sarah. Sarah. Let's hmm. uh, let's just get a oh, general well. overview here <laughs> of the film. That was the longest pause. <laughs> Kiss me deadly. Your thoughts on it. Okay. Just my thoughts on Kiss Me Deadly. Straight up. Your thoughts on Kiss Me Deadly. Straight up. Yes. Straight up. What do you got? What Do you like the movie? Do you hate the movie? Do you hate me like for the movie. making you watch the movie again? Um, I don't like the movie because it's sexist, but I think it's sexist <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> because okay. it's a heightened film noir. So um, the femme fatale character yes. is inherently a sexist character. On okay. purpose. Um, okay. Well, kind of on purpose. I mean, it, it was timely for the time, and the reason why it was created was because of men's anxieties about women becoming uppity and strong mm-hmm. and using their gender and their sex and cigarettes uh, and guns to um, demasculate, you know, emasculate, emasculate them. And uh, that is why femme fatales exist. This film says, okay, but what if every single woman in this film was a dumb bitch. <laughs> I mean, you can say even that. The, you can say that. <laughs> even the femme fatale and everything that they do causes chaos and is in annoys the men around them. Um, mm. Which is interesting. And the other part of it is like, what if the reason why, you know, what, what if we can also tie that in with like the red scare and like nuclear bombs and commies and stuff. So, uh, it's, it's interesting. Uh, it, it is the most, it's like almost like a sci-fi. Like it's so crazy. I remember seeing that ending when I first watched it after not paying attention to the first half of the film and just being like, Oh, nukes. Okay, cool. I didn't really think about it more than that. I didn't, definitely didn't pick up on the fact that they were just going to like, <laughs> what's his name? Hammer. He's such a dick to every single woman in that movie. Yeah, Mike Hammer. Yeah, Mike Hammer is his fucking porn name. I hate him. <laughs> oh my god. Played by also yeah. uh, a porn sounding name, Ralph Meeker. Um, That's my porn name. <laughs> what? But before we dig more into this, actually, can we get a plot synopsis, Marcus? 
Okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, they're they're driving in the middle of the night. No, that's no, that's, that's a beat by beat <laughs> breakdown of the thing. Um, so Mike Hammer here, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll try. Mike Hammer yeah. plays a tough private investigator who uh, runs into this woman who's escaping from the situation. And uh, things happen. Like the situation, Sarantino. (laughs) (laughs) Things happen, and he ends up with a nuclear bomb at the end. That's basically what the movie is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, things happen. Things happen. So, okay. So we're there. We've got that. We've got uh, your feelings about the movie, about about one movie. Do you both see what I'm talking about, though? Okay. uh, How about I give my thoughts on it, and then... Marcus's thoughts will come up after that. That's how usually okay. things, these things work. Um, <clears throat> okay. This uh, seeing it this past week this was my second time seeing Kiss Me Deadly. I don't remember what I said when I first brought this up to you, Marcus. When I saw it for the first time on one of these episodes, I may have said something to the effect of "It was good." I, I can see the parallels between uh, some of the parallels, some of the homages um, in Southland Tales to this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but seeing it again this past week, I uh, and I told you this uh, off mic, Marcus. I don't think I like this movie. <laughs> I don't. I, yeah. It, it it there's just something about it that that is not interesting to me. Uh, but I I know kind of what like Sarah was saying. Like I know what what it's trying to do, and I know it has to be doing it like on purpose, right? But I just I just can't get into it like like how I should like how it's, it's sort of like how this, this feels like required uh, homework for like noir aficionados. Like I'd rather see something like uh, a Maltese Falcon uh, or like double indemnity, like enjoy those more on several mm-hmm. levels than enjoying this for what it is. Because for me, it, 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 it kind of just loses me halfway through and then they bring in this nuclear bomb thing, and I'm like, "What? Okay, fine." Um, never really comes together for me. Uh, but that's me and Kiss Me Deadly. Um, I I saw it for a second time this week, and I might not see it again, uh, maybe ever. Uh, so that's me, uh, Marcus. What about you? Well, I guess I'll be the lone uh, <laughs> the lone uh, enjoyer of this film. I uh, I had a good time watching it. Uh, there's kind of like lulls and stuff, but but I. I it it came together very satisfyingly for me. I liked some of the kooky side ca- characters, like the Greek guy who does the automotive. Oh, he was Greek. I mean, it was funny. Yeah, yeah. Huh? If you have the subtitles on, you can see that he's Greek. Okay, because yeah. he's speaking. It says he's speaking in Greek. Speaking yeah. Greek subtitles. Okay, it's what the guy from Parasite wants you to do. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Fair, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's a it's I it's a movie that I enjoyed like a, a whole lot, a whole lot. I think I rated it four and a half stars on Letterbox when I first saw it, and I uh, I don't know, I don't know. I had a good time. I understand Marcus. what you're saying, Sarah. I I, I I understand what you're saying. I understand. What do you, what do you think? About, tell me about what you know. Did you take that away, or are you should you be canceled right now? Did you take away that? <laughs> no, I've canceled? already been canceled. Marcel well, brought it up earlier. Cancel you. Oh, is getting canceled. double canceled on so, this episode. No, hold on. So will this? Will they cancel each other out? <laughs> no. And no, I no, no, and no. I come back. This is not opposite. Okay. Day. No, uh, but in, in Marcus's defense. Um, I mean, I he's can, a man. <laughs> <laughs> I, but but I think the thing to think about here, and this is why I'm, I want to bring this up again, is 
the conventions of a film noir is that there are multiple female, there's two kinds of female characters. There's some other types of females that'll be in there. And this film has like four or five, but Mm -hmm. the most important part is that there is the femme fatale and the good girl. The femme fatale will seduce the detective. They'll make out. It'll be great. They might even bang, but the good girl is who he ends up with in the end. And the protagonist will, you know, he's not perfect. He's a rough detective always. And he'll, you know, he'll be a hoe because they're always hoes. And this guy is a hoe, you know, hammers hoeing it up. But he also mistreats the good girl. He mistreats every female character in the film. And so do the other men. They even the other men around him mistreat the women for him. Say Uh, like the man telling his wife to shut up, tell her to shut mm-hmm. up. He tells mm-hmm. her to shut up. It It is so much more heightened than what you'll see in a normal noir. Normally you'll be like, okay, I'm ready. This is the detective. This is the femme fatale. This is the good girl. This is what's going to happen. You can see it, but you still have to work for it a little bit. Whereas this is, is so blatant that every character gets treated like crap. And even the femme fatale even whoever her name is at the end, Beatrice, whatever her name ended up being, she is even, she's an idiot too. The femme fatale is supposed to be incredibly like conniving and smart. And they, even she like, they gave her like this whole Pandora thing. Like she is, she is going to mess it all up for the men and even betray the villain in a way. It's, um, it's really neat. That's the most neat part about this movie. But at the same time, it, it sucks to watch. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, like, I'm disappointed because it's like it makes me feel like crap. <laughs> okay. uh, but so, but it's cool. Yeah. Like it's cool that they did something like that because it makes it different from what the conventional noir is. So yeah, perhaps that just comes from my ignorance of the genre. Is like I I I I don't understand those things you're saying. Like. <clears throat> <laughs> no, no, that you no that specifically that you said like perhaps it's not that blatant in those other better movies you say. Um cuz it's supposed to be a trick. So like that's not something I'm going to notice. What I yeah, know what yeah. I saw is like I'm watching a movie from 1955 and I just assume there's going to be some level of these things and like I don't know does that excuse it no but it doesn't uh it, it, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's just that um I I I I've never I'm never on my camera side during any of this, and for me, like a good noir, it's like I have to be at least like on as much as like a dickhead. These lead characters are like they tend to be smart enough, or they tend to have something going on where I'm like not necessarily rooting for them, but like with them, like interested in Mm -hmm. what they're doing. Like uh, uh, in, in that way, like I'm invested somehow. I'm not invested in my camera at all. <laughs> I don't like the guy. I sure. don't like. Uh, I mean, from top to bottom, like w- what he does, just it turns me off. Um, have Have you both seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. No. What? No. Marcus? Marcus? No. What's, no. What's your problem? Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, this is good. This is fine. Marcus, fuck Marcus. you. <laughs> Marcus. <laughs> Marcus. <laughs> Who Framed Roger Rabbit is the perfect film noir. <laughs> it is. Okay. It's, yeah, it is. It, is. it yeah. is. it is a parody and a homage. And mm-hmm. it, I highly 
suggest and recommend, even if someone's listening and hasn't listened to or hasn't watched much Fillmore, um, watch that and think about that. Sure. Think about the femme fatale. Think about who the good girl is. The, the, the detective is lovable. Uh, you know, it that is perfect and does all of that right. And then um, I even like argued to have that shown in a class in that noir class I was in. Uh, they were about to play Chinatown. I said, I cannot watch Chinatown one more time. Yeah. Please play Roger yeah. Rabbit. <laughs> I, I have a recommendation. It'll do the same effect, I promise. I got a recommendation. Also, like a postmodern recommendation. Uh, the Long Goodbye. Marcus, uh, I'm, I'm assuming you haven't seen that, right? No, I have not. Okay. I have also <clears throat> not seen that. Uh, Robert Altman movie, uh, 1973. Uh, also, kind of like Roger Rabbit. Not necessarily a parody, but like a postmodern take on. Uh, these these noirs, a neo noir, you could say, um, and uh, the lead in that, uh, Elliot Gould, um, playing he's playing mm-hmm. um, one of the uh, the same characters, uh, uh, the guy in the Big Sleep, uh, Philip uh, Philip Marlowe. He's playing Philip Marlowe, uh, and that's and that's uh, also who uh, Murder My Sweet is. Yes, 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 that character, and yep. I think he is my favorite noir uh, of the noirs I've seen. He's my favorite like lead noir character because yeah he's like unlikable but there's still something there and he's like funny and he's like a dirtbag but a lovable one so and he just goes through the ringer and uh, i won't say anything else because like uh, i could ruin the end but i'm like i want to see it it's, it's really good so that's my recommendation for you marcus and sarah like that to me is one of my favorites uh in that noir genre so yeah the long goodbye um so we're not saying you're a dummy, Marcus. We're just saying, mm-hmm. I'll just say this, like, like of <laughs> of what I've seen, Kiss Me Deadly just doesn't just doesn't hit those beats as well or as like interesting enough, you know, compared to the other noirs I've seen. That's why I'm like, ah, uh, okay. okay, yeah, yeah. But that you watch Kiss Me Deadly because the opening scene. Yeah, and that's interesting. You watch it for the opening scene. You watch it to because it is a of the time twist on what was a common noir and then at the end that scene you know the final scene of her opening up this like case i mean that's been that's been used by everybody yeah yeah and and to see that origins is really cool yeah that ending is one that's been talked about forever because tarantino pointed to it and said yeah that's Mm you know that's the pulp fiction briefcase like that's where i got that from like raiders yeah. my um my boyfriend watched it with me today and he even like said oh that's pulp fiction yeah and also right? mm-hmm. pulp fiction yeah oh, pulp yeah, fiction yeah, and um repo man i think also uh, uh took that mm-hmm. too um but uh yeah th- that ending I- i'll say like that ending uh i think the ending is good um although like i find it interesting that like the the original ending or the the unintentional ending uh, for years was one that snipped off like the last two minutes, and for years yeah where the yeah where they just died yeah for years people thought that the bomb exploded and it killed everybody in the house. Um, oh, I like that better. Yeah, see, I would have liked yeah. that actually. Versus like it's on it's on that Criterion. Go watch that. Yeah. That, that, oh, I that, didn't know uh, that. Okay. Yeah, I I think I would have found that more interesting than what it was like. And the you know the the, the ending there would have been more like poignant. Like it yeah. like. You know what it reminds me of? Um, it reminds me of Failsafe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just kind of like, if especially if it ended like that, just kind of like the nihilistic, like, nah, that's what bombs do, kids. 
Like, like this is what nukes do. Uh, I mean, the, really, for me, disliking Hammer so much, the only, um, you know, real consolation is that he has, like, radiation poisoning and he's going to die anyway. <laughs> that's true. So that's cool. Uh, so, yeah, I have the Criterion in front of me. Have you all seen the cover of this Criterion? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. My camera yeah. is is like standing next to a woman in a chair and like choking her or something, right? You know, She's it's, tied it's, up. it's not. It's it's more kinky than that. Yeah. Um, he's not really choking her. He's like holding her head up towards him. Yeah. And like Marcella, very, you've you've told me like about stuff that you're into, and like this is pretty uh, close. To no, it. I've never like, said that. Take a look at no, that. Camera. I've never said that before. Mm. <laughs> oh, I'm happy for you guys. Uh, anyways, uh, and then also on the back of the slipcover, I actually posted this on Twitter, but he, the, all the girls are just sitting around him on a chair, uh, holding him. And yeah, being, yeah, it gets yeah. it gets reversed, like. Yeah, like it's real. The, but see, yeah. I uh, it's real kinky. It's real yeah. kinky. It's real fifties uh, yeah. kink. It's yeah. it, but see, it's that it's that he gets away and doesn't have and there's no repercussions because I saw it as like a no 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 he has radiation poisoning. Oh no, but I, I want to see him dead is what is is what I want, Sarah. I, I understand like he'll suffer for the next Five few months. Five more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, but um, it it felt like a cop out to me. Because yeah, I mean, it obviously was. Now that I know that there was another version, yeah. or whatever. And by the way, that, I mean, it is—it's a bit of a cop out. And that was accidental, by the way. I, someone accidentally chopped off that ending, and for for de- well, they should have left it. Yeah, they should have left it. <laughs> for, if, if for decades, people thought that's how it actually ended. Um, but yeah, uh, but but Marcus, you love this movie, right? I, I did. I love the movie. I, I I had a great time following the mystery, and I, I agree with you. Mike Hammer is not a likable character. I don't think anybody is. I, I I think everybody is equally as prickly and piece of shitty and stuff. And I I enjoyed that, uh, except for like the two guys at the automotive place. Like they're pretty fun. They were great. But, yeah. Yeah, but. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I'll, I'll tell you when I got to the ending, like I was, I I, I was experiencing emotion. Oh, and that wow. doesn't happen too often for me in movies. I was like, I kind of overwhelmed by all the, the the explosion and like the heightened drama, and to a point where I was crying. And like I, uh-huh. that's something that happens. To me, when I watch Southland Tales, the oh. end of Southland Tales. Oh, okay, wait, wait, wait. Sarah, Sarah, we don't need to get wait, into wait, Southland wait, wait, Tales wait. yet. I am just, I'm just pl- flatly stating that's what happened to me. Sarah, you had a question, right? <laughs> yeah. How the fuck does this relate to Southland Tales? Okay, okay. Wait before Marcus answers that. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. My question was going to be before you said all that, Marcus, uh, was, do you think you liking this movie as much as you did? Uh, has something to do with you liking South End Tales. And I think the answer to that is yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 100%. Yeah. So why don't we talk about South End Tales now? We're, we're going to transition into it. Um, Sarah? Yeah. Sarah? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I let you borrow the uh, uh, the collector set, the Arrow release of South End Tales on Blu-ray. Um, you sat down and watched it today. Um, I did. You did, and I, I only only judging. I'm, well, not not judging. I only saw maybe like one or two tweets. Uh, you tweeted about it, and you mentioned. I only said two things. Yeah, I yeah. said I'm watching it, 
And then I wrote, uh. <laughs> in, in response to you watching it. So I don't really know where you stand uh, on Southland Tales yet. So this is going to be the first time I'm hearing of your reaction to it. Marcus, too, I'm assuming. Um, unless you talk behind. Yeah. Uh, unless you talk to him behind my back. Um, so, Sarah. <laughs> I didn't. Or, Sarah, let me ask you this. This very uh, uh, generic podcast question. What did you know of Southland Tales before watching the movie? Yeah, we got to get to that. We got to get to that. What's what's your what's your uh, what's your history with Richard Kelly? Just really quick. Have you seen Donnie Darko? Anything. Have you seen the box? I have Donnie never Darko seen Donnie Darko or the box. Okay. I didn't know that person's name until you guys said it during this podcast. Okay. I knew that Justin Timberlake and The Rock was in this movie. Okay. I knew that there was a scene where the song "I Got Soul But I'm Not a Soldier" plays. Right. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Okay. All right. That's fair. Cool. That's fair. Cool. All right. I didn't know anything about the plot. I just knew that it was insane in a way. Like I had heard that it was wild and and hard to put words to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now that you've seen it. So, yeah. So here we go. Fresh off your first viewing. Reactions. What do you got? Sarah. I have no idea what the fuck happened. I, I really... <laughs> You know, I, I was talking to my boyfriend after we it ended because we, we had just finished cooking, too. So I was, like, picking up some food before we started to record. And I was kind of – I first I told him I didn't want to talk about it because I was, like, so shocked. And I had done that recently, and I told Marcelo about this. I did that same thing after Green uh, Green Night where, uh, like, we walked out of the theater, and I was like, I, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> and then it, I started to open up after I thought about it some more. But, like, at first I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Um, I I can't... I don't understand what the hell happened. Like, I literally don't know what happened. I feel like I put together, like, three or four things. I get the twin thing. Fake twin thing. I get that. But I don't understand the choices. And I feel like the thing that I thought about while I was watching it was maybe it's too soon for us to analyze this. You mean us, too soon. As, us as a society? As a society, I don't feel like we're removed enough to to really comprehend what the hell was going on in that movie. Interesting. I feel like this is one of those like like Kiss Me Deadly. Okay, we're looking back at it. Oh yeah, those those people were stressed out about nukes and they were treating women like shit. That makes sense. Yeah, that's about right. Um, But why is this like this? I feel like it's too recent. For me to understand it, I was very young, so I don't understand the the full on anxiety of like post nine eleven stuff when it happened. It's yeah. a lot. It's no, a lot. Yeah. I didn't know fourth dimension shit was gonna happen. You know what I mean? Like I thought this was gonna be. I thought this was gonna be a noir. You guys set me up. You said, "Watch Kiss Me Deadly." I rewatched Kiss Me Deadly. I'm like, no. "Okay, this is gonna be a, a noir with some weird stuff." Because I know some weird stuff happens. This is gonna be a noir, and there's probably gonna be nukes in it. I knew from after watching Kiss Me Deadly, I'm like, "If we're relating the two, there's gonna be nukes, and it's gonna be noirish or near noir." I started to watch it. Right off the bat, there's a nuke. I'm like, "Okay, there we go. That's that's the connection." Then they're actually playing Kiss Me Deadly in the movie. Yeah. Like, what? Why? Mm-hmm. Oh no, there's no relation. They just keep putting them. <laughs> they keep putting the movie in the movie. Then they did it again at near the end. I'm like, leave Kiss Me Deadly alone. <laughs> um, I do not understand the relation. Uh, in my head, right now, without talking to you guys about it, 
the director really likes that movie, so I put it in twice. And there's nukes. All right, so that's right. Uh, that's that's I, uh, that's Sarah on um, watching <laughs> South End Tales uh, for the first time. But, uh, okay, you say you didn't understand it, but like, did you enjoy yourself watching it? Did you absolutely hate it? I, I don't care. But be 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 honest. Like, I, how I don't did you think, feel? I don't think I can say either. I don't think I enjoyed. It's very very long. I yeah. enjoyed performances in it. I enjoyed seeing Eli Roth die that was eli roth right yeah that was yeah was. really like seeing him get killed on a toilet seat that was excellent high quality <laughs> shit yeah um high quality shit literally yeah. uh i liked parts of it i like i think it was very i think it is very inventive and uh, or at least from like the first half before we got into like the nukes oh uh, not i'm sorry new i like the nuke part I thought from the get-go, the beginning, like, backstory was very inventive and cool. I have never seen anything where the Republicans take over the internet. I thought that was the most (laughs) creative thing I could think of, where, like, that kind of government, yeah, of course they would do, they would have to go down that route. I really liked a lot of the, those ideas, um... But at the same time, I feel like only watching it one time and trying to understand a lot of the decisions made uh, is impossible. It's funny you say it's all that. It's hard to follow. It's funny you say all that because, like, I think that was our mission statement from the, from the beginning of this show. Is yeah. And and just so you know, because you might not know this, Sarah, um, this is mm. Marcus's favorite movie of all time, right, Marcus? Yeah. It is indeed. Yeah. 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 And for me, I mean, I like it. You know, I, I like it more now since we since me and Marcus are breaking it down like piece by piece. And yeah. I'll say for myself, I still don't know what's happening in a lot of this movie. I ask those questions mm-hmm. every time we record. I go, why is this person doing this? And why is this happening? Um, but I'm more on the side of like, yeah, it is a good movie. But I can totally see somebody watching this for the first time kind of coming out of it and saying, I don't know about this. I actually had that same reaction after seeing House of Gucci. Uh, speaking of House of Gucci, I came out of it thinking, I don't know if that's a good movie or not, but I enjoyed myself. Um, I cannot give you a straight answer as to the quality, but I enjoyed myself. Uh, but this, I think my answer is, I don't know if I enjoyed myself, and I also don't know if this is a good movie or not. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's how I feel right now. But how will you feel tomorrow? hopefully numb (laughs) (laughs) i uh i i the only other thing i will say uh, overall my feelings i both think the bible stuff and the religious imagery is interesting because of course it's a, a topic about america and that's just how the fuck we are but at the same time i hated it like i really hated i didn't want to see jesus and all the blood and like ugh. Uh, it kind of creeped me out a little bit. I'm happy it showed it the way it is or could be in those ways, like the way that it's the, that imagery, but it, and also like Justin Timberlake whispering sweet like verses to me each time was fine, I guess. Um, but I, I kind of disliked it. I don't like movies that are that deeply like saturated with like the Bible kind of creeps me out. Marcus. I'm going to turn to you now. Um, to me. Now, I want you to talk about 
the connection between Kiss Me Deadly and South End Tales. Because Sarah, yeah, tell me what the okay. hell's going yeah. on, Marcus. Sarah said, Sarah said, you know, besides the obvious, besides the South End Tales showing scenes from Kiss Me Deadly, and yeah, uh, that's it, right? They, like for for Sarah, that there's a there's a no other real connection, right? Um, now, Marcus, what connections do you see? Yeah, so let me just say the obvious, which has already been stated. They play the movie in the movie. It's there. Um, And also, I think uh, the ending is pretty clearly an homage to me, uh, where in this movie, it's a lot more direct about it. Like, the world is fucking exploding or whatever the hell is happening. Uh Um, And I think, personally, when I saw uh, the end of Kiss Me Deadly, I came to the conclusion that they are going to die like not 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 from radiation poisoning i think straight up they uh i think this this house fire or whatever is just the cheap 1955 way of showing like this is this is a nuke going off this is going to explode into a larger area they are looking at it and these are the last moments of their lives and the credits cut to credits Mm. or cut to no credits because the credits happen at the beginning of old movies Mm -hmm. um there's like a general sense of paranoia that both movies have, which of course a noir movie is going to have that. Um, it has wacky side character. Both movies have wacky side characters. So again, being more obvious still. Uh, there's also uh, one particular shot, um, like in the beginning of Kiss Me Deadly, when Mike Hammer and uh, Cloris Leachman are in the car. Um, there's a particular shot that is directly recreated in this yeah, movie. Yeah, I saw of, it. Yes. And, yes. And he's, he's driving the same kind same of car, car yeah. and it's same the same car. shot. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I actually said that out loud. That was neat. Yeah. And uh, there's also a character... <laughs> I don't know if his full name ever gets said in the movie, but uh, uh, if you look it up, uh, the character played by Curtis Armstrong, uh, the kind of like shaggy haired guy who's in the, who's a part of the, uh, the Baron's like crew, like in, in the, like the silver suits and stuff mm. and the robes, the silver robes. Anyway, one of, one of them is named Dr. Soberin X. Oh, okay. EXX. So there, there's another direct connection. Um, and also, uh, um, Richard Kelly has stated multiple times that like, it was his primary influence on the movie. He told Dwayne Johnson to study Mike Hammer's performance, okay, uh, and kind of base his off that, which I don't a hundred percent see. No, because the Rock can't the act. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, like it's not, it's not, you know, it's just, it's just him. I, and I don't, I don't <laughs> he know if do this terribly is terribly in this. Actually, he like does the best he can. The hand thing, very funny. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing we haven't touched on, Sarah, is like, what did you think of like the whole Jericho Kane thing, like the 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 sort of like meta thing happening where like a, he, Boxer wrote a script, you know, The Rock wrote a script, then he eventually becomes a character in the script, Jericho Kane, which I think Marcus, right? That's like supposed to be, is that? Wait, remind me, Marcus, is that script supposed to be like a noir type script? No, uh, right? no, it's kind no, it's of like, like an a action. action movie, yeah. yeah. That's Come what the on, Marcelo. Is. All right, don't, don't get on me if I'm not paying attention. If I just forgot, come on. And also, Jer- and also, Jericho Kane. That kind of sounds like a like a Mike Hammer sort of name. 
No? Yeah, okay. No, yeah, right. no, it does. Go to hell. Um, also, I was going to say, <laughs> I, I, I kind of think that uh, Krista now, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar's character, is probably based on uh, Lily Carver, the femme fatale, um, played by Gabby Rogers. Because um, both characters are kind of like playing innocent. They're playing the... But they're also like scheming and kind of playing the the main man of the movie. <laughs> um yeah, but you could say uh, that they're, like for, they're kind of in it. You could say that for, for his wife, Mandy Moore. Yeah, Mandy Moore. You could sure, say that yeah. for a lot There's of the female characters in this. Even the other uh, Marxist character played by. Why is the whole um, cast of Mad TV in this? <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, Sarah. Um, <laughs> Marcus, do you have an answer for that? Ma- one? Marcus does have an answer for that, actually. Marcus, go yeah, ahead. I do. Yeah, there. I do. Yeah. Yes, this movie, uh, it started in its inception. It was uh, just supposed to be like a crime caper set in L.A. starring a group of improv people. Uh, and they were robbing a famous movie star. And it eventually, after 9-11, I think, and uh, after the Iraq War started heating up, Richard Kelly decided, no, there's something more I can do. Like, we're going to make this more political. And uh, added all the sci-fi shit and the and the heightened uh, Republican uh, control over the world. And... Uh, yeah, that's why. Yeah, there's so, so many that's photos. basically yeah. where they come from. There's a there's a lot of SNL actors in this movie: Amy Poehler, John Lovitz, Sherry O'Terry, Nora Dunn. Nora Dunn. And then there's Will Sasso from Mad TV. Um, yeah. So that that is where the that that comes from. Like the there there are still some of those origins where the the improv troupe is a part of this. And Sarah casted real comedians. I have a question for Sarah. You mentioned something about something being funny, but overall, how much did you laugh or how much comedy did you get from this? Southland Tales. I laughed at delivery a lot. Um, Like, just the way people were saying things, the way that uh, The Rock was responding at times. Um, His face made me laugh. Uh... I like the scene where they steal the ATM. That was funny. I I think mm-hmm. I found humor in it. But I also laughed at Kiss Me Deadly pretty often. Ah. And it's for the same reasons, for delivery of the lines. Sometimes because it was awkward, sometimes because it was genuinely funny. Uh, so there's a similarity, Marcus. Uh, but <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, I, I laughed a little bit. I, I, I wasn't miserable watching this. I've watched things for sequels that have caused me pain. This did not cause me pain. I just had... Uh, I really want to understand the things I'm watching quickly. Yeah. I like to think I'm smart. What? Okay, and how about this? I had a hard time with it because of that. What is like <laughs> one major question you had, and maybe we can answer it. Mm. Are you asking me what's a major question I had? Yes, yes. And maybe you can answer it? Oh, you didn't frame it okay, as a l- question. It let me say it again. Like, Sarah? Yeah. Do you have a question that we could answer? Yeah, like, I don't understand what the fuck was going on with the guys hanging out, the one the one guys. What was the fuel? What was the fuel? <laughs> Marcus? The fuel. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the, the uh, fluid karma, it is... Okay, Sarah. Let me just tell you right now. I'm 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 assuming you don't know this uh, because yeah. based on what you said earlier hmm. um, about what you did know, there hmm. is a 
this movie starts at chapter four, uh, Wave of Mutilation. There are chapters one, two, and three, and to experience those chapters, you have to... (laughs) Uh, read the prequel graphic novel. I will not. No. No. <laughs> no. Don't allow me to explain it to you. Allow me to explain it to you because there's oh, a lot of shit God. that like. No, there's a lot of shit in this movie that is technically explained in the movie, but like the uh, one of the major themes of the movie is like uh, information overload, and so like they kind of just fly by fly by that stuff while other stuff is happening and you're not going to soak it up on one viewing two viewings three viewings but even like even the people in the movie purposely don't soak soak up the information mm-hmm. to to portray mm-hmm. that information overload which is really cool i like that yeah that's real so the 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 fluid karma fluid karma is something that is harvested from something called the serpent's wrap or something like that Mm -hmm. uh it's harvested from the core of the earth basically um and it is some weird thing goo that exists in our earth apparently that can be used to power these yeah um, i understood that i understood that but what does that have to do with the testing on the soldiers Oh yes, 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 yes. That is that is part of the graphic novel, and again, barely said in the movie. <laughs> so please read um, the graphic novel, Sarah. Just just yeah, buy they, they, it they, sixty dollars. <laughs> they injected fluid karma into soldiers at uh, in in the Iraq War. Um, is that what uh, the guy from it. American Pie is talking yes. about? Sean William Scott was one of the testees. So was uh, Justin Timberlake. Both of them were. Uh, experimented on by the U.S. government um, uh, to see what the effects of fluid karma is, and apparently it um, allows you to see either backwards or forwards in through time, and it also gives you a telekinetic connection to another person who has been uh, injected with fluid karma, and, and Boxer is as well, uh, the Rock's character. Um, and there are a handful of other characters too. So is that why old, what's his name? Sean Baker or whatever. Uh, he's really good in role models. Uh, is that why him and boxer are having such weird conversations? Sean William Scott, by the way. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. The, like, like the, the, the restaurant scene where they talk about his dream of going through the sand maze and like finding each other. And the like, thousand that's a shared... people inside them because they're all like yes. clinically connected to the other. Yeah. Okay, and they have a thousand sense. people inside them because a thousand people are experimented on. Like there's these voices in their heads. They have the same dreams. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Then, but why, why? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. why were the weird goth people double crossing like f- there's just so much of them doing eight different things i could not uh-huh. i do not understand their end goal it's almost like a noir everybody's it's, double crossing it's, no it's, it's not it's worse it's it, it's a sad <laughs> no. it's i believe that specific point to be a satire of uh of like the of the le- of the section of the left that is basically centrist or slightly to the right, where um, they are uh, working with like the they, right they hide behind these ideas of like yeah. uh, like that they're that they're that it, it's all a public face of that I'm progressive but really I'm not like I but, I, but they didn't want to evacuate at the end 
And I don't understand. It, did they know that they were going to die and they wanted to die? Did they did they want to kill everyone on there, or did they not um, know? Are, are we talking were, about the blimp stuff? Yeah. The why blimp, why do the goth exploding. folks not want to evacuate the blimp? Yeah, Marcus. Well, because uh, they just they they're they're rich. They're go, they're going to the rich. Uh, uh, party at the end of the world for the people like like this is an inevitability that the world is about to end uh, and so they're just gonna go live it up on their fucking mega blimp but what do they care if people evacuated or not if they were gonna be that part is the most confusing part to me I think that whole him saying okay I know that this is it's even like even like uh, his character uh, Rock's character doesn't both wants everybody to evacuate but then accepts this is it knows that it's it mm-hmm. it's just it, it gets very complicated at the end where at, at, at that point it's like you can't even take what everyone's saying and doing as actual fact of like the structure of the film like I knew that the blimp was going to blow up I knew that guy was floating up on the ice cream truck about to blow everything up so everything that was going on inside was like a like lynch like f- fever dream it was like it, it reminded me of Twin Peaks you know, when things are getting like, especially when things are going bad and it just gets all mystical for a second and the tall guy's just like, yeah, this shit's happening. Don't worry about it. Just look at me real quick. That's what it reminded me of. Like the threesome dance, all that. Oh. It just really, it really spirals out of control at that point. And uh, I just couldn't, I couldn't focus in on what the point was because in the end I knew that they were going to all get blown up by that guy in the ice cream truck. I think that's the first time anybody's brought up Lynch, and now that's making making sense to me now. Sarah, you're making me like this movie more. Them dancing, you know what I mean? Like dancing before the chaos or during chaos happening on the streets and stuff mm-hmm. like that. 100% that's their reminds me. That's these weird pervert billionaires' entertainment. No, but it's weird because why would they bring the porn star back in? What's the point <laughs> of bringing her back? What's the point of bringing Michelle Geller back? What's the point? It's the it end of the world. No, no, yeah. no, but like the, it felt like there was a plan for why she would come, like why they would bring her back again. You know okay. what I mean? To why be, the goth folks would do it. And, there be, did, and then there wasn't. There wasn't any plan. To be fair, uh, we have not covered that section on on the podcast yet, so I may be uh, not the best person to ask. And we'll unwrap it once we cover that section of the movie. But I think that has to do with like prophecy and like things lining up. Um, and sort of like things were meant to happen this way because it was prophesized. I, I, that's sort of what I gather from the end of it. I'm not saying it makes Who sense. Who prophesized that the, that the porn star had to be on the blimp? Who did that? She wrote the script. She wrote the screenplay because she's did she uh, clairvoyant. Write in the screenplay, did she write, hey, I'm going to be on the blimp with you? And then that's, did she say, is that? Probably, who? yeah. Honestly, yeah. Like, like we don't see. Did he like, we really don't... write the script? I thought that he yes. wrote the script. By the way, yes, that. No, was, I, I, uh, I, I, I know that that was in the prequel comic. Like, um, she was, was hi- yeah. she was hypnotized uh, by one of the uh, one of the. Uh, was under the influence of mushrooms. Yeah, and and one of the rich people, I forget who, but uh, she was reading the book the of Baron. yeah, she was reading the book of Revelations to uh, uh, a drugged up Krista now, and Krista now wrote it after that yeah so the screenplay is like entirely hers and i think boxer puts his name on it because um oh, of the I of the boxer wrote it after he went through the no, port, the 4d no. portal 
Boxer's name is on it is because of Krista's plan to just get a million dollars out of him to like yeah, produce yeah. this fake movie. Yeah. I understood. I, I, you know, I felt that way in the beginning that he was like, Oh, he's going to, he has like an EP role, but he memorized everything because he's really mm-hmm. into it. And he's like under her spell. However, when all that stuff happened with another dimension, I'm like, okay, he wrote it. That makes sense. That's why he knows. But they didn't, and they, they didn't specifically say that. But they also don't specifically say how she's clairvoyant. So I didn't understand. I didn't understand. I thought she was just being a new age hippie. Right. I didn't know if she was really into it. Yeah, there, there, there is again. Like I said, like this movie, I think is intentionally designed to be watched. 12 times if you can put up with it because like I, I have seen it like more than that amount of times before i started understanding it honestly. so sarah like, how many more times are yeah. you gonna see it i will not be watching this again no. <laughs> i'm happy with some mystery in my life let's just let this one go. And then, yeah Marcus, and there this is, is like a your inherent vice like sure yeah i don't understand inherent vice all the way but i love it i love it very yeah. much but and do you I've have any desire to understand any more of inherent vice? Is that what I keeps do. you coming back to it? Yeah, yes. yeah, I do because it's like it, but it's as long as this movie, and I've made Marcella watch it with me. Yeah, for a commentary. <sighs> um, I yeah. I can't think of a of a parallel. I, I don't have an inherent vice. I don't have a Southland Tales. I don't think I like my movies to make sense. Dark Man. Dark Man. Did you say Dark Man? Yeah, that movie makes absolute <laughs> sense, Sarah. Like, fr- I, can, I haven't seen it. I can explain away every little detail plot hole that movie may have. Okay, that's that's a perfect movie. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually gonna look up my list of, of, of movies. I'm gonna see if I have a South End Tales equivalent. Um, but I, I mean, I'm 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 kind of in the same boat. Not not to that full extent where Sarah is not understanding uh, a lot of it. Like that. Th- th- I mean, there are certain things I don't understand, and I don't think I'll never understand because I think. And we've talked about this, Marcus. It, it, it must come from uh, Kelly's desire to put so much in, yet a complete. Because he's incapable of putting all his ideas in this movie. Because he, 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 I'm sure he wanted to make like an eight-hour movie, but there's no, yeah. there's no way in hell that was uh, going to happen. He still wants to make a prequel movie, yeah, based on that graphic novel. Did yeah. this come out before or after Idiocracy? Uh, two thousand. Five Idiocracy. I, I can look up Idiocracy. It might have been a little bit after 2006. Yeah. Idiocracy, same year. Has a same lot year. of Idiocracy same vibes. Same year. Yeah, that's that's a good. That's a yeah, good, yeah. definitely. But Idiocracy is such a, a simpler and like straightforward version of this. You know, what I mean, it's it in not a good way. I'm just saying, like, it's a much simpler movie for a totally different mm-hmm. effect. But there's parts of it too that are like, okay, these characters are stupid everyone is stupid in a way no one really yeah which is why i think of it that way um no it's it's definitely interesting i'm happy to talk about it i also feel better that you basically said yeah i don't know what the fuck the goth people were doing because i was really annoyed i mean you said yeah you said that they um you know it's a commentary but i really thought there was something to their flip-flopping and their like like doing all this and that and there is nothing and uh, that makes me feel better <laughs> now, as a person. Just to be clear, for the audience's sake and for my sake, uh, Sarah, you're saying the goth people. Now, is, is, does that mean that the the Baron, 
and and, and those yeah, rich people. There okay. we go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, them. Oh, sorry. I, I I thought you meant the the comedians. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm not talking about the Marxists. I'm confused. That's who I assume. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I'm confused the by the Baron and his little and his mom and and the girl from Teen Witch and the other chick. Uh, I don't understand what their goal was. Okay, okay, okay. So uh, here's a here's a byproduct of uh, of the harvesting of fluid karma is that it's slowing down the Earth. I understand like, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Zero, that, zero, yeah. zero, 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 six. It's starting to make people on the earth act crazy. Um, mm. So that, that's that's one kind of byproduct of what they've been doing. Um, I think that they stand for just the like the capitalistic overlords that lead our lives. No, but they <laughs> say. Think, wait a second. No, but they're like dorks, though. and they have higher planes and they think they're going to play into the end of the world and they're kind of okay with that yeah i think that's cool i have a thought about that because yeah i you know nowadays aren't there rich people who are religious who just would rather see the world end because like they're so yeah they're like they they, they want to die and go to heaven like they, they don't really care if the world burns they they they're see, just, but, uh, yeah. before we get into like death cult stuff which mm-hmm. is I have arguments for what that you know, like we could say that about people, but if you if you actually ask them, no, I don't I don't know if everybody feels. I don't know. I feel like that's a label put on folks who they're dumb, but uh, do they actually want to die? I don't know about that part. Uh, what I am talking about and specifically is Baron and his group of three people, other three people, are working with everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every single person, every side, the Marxists, the the porn star, the Republicans, every single person is working with them. And and Mandy Moore brings this up and says that they're trying to undermine what the Republicans are doing. But it's never cleared up. And even at the end, when the blimp is about to explode, they say, We're we want we're with you. We want to end communism. Is that them saying I mean, I don't understand what they want. If you guys were both to say all they want is to be part of the end of the world that they believe is happening and coming, I don't know if I agree with that. Because why were they so excited about the human, like finding out the the meaning of humanity and everything when it came to this other dimension? Marcus? I don't know if I have an answer. <clears throat> yeah, I that's and that's what I took away from when you thought I was talking about them earlier. It seemed like that it, it, we don't have an answer, and that's why I've kind of and I'm happy that we you still don't have an answer because uh, that's bugging me a little bit. <laughs> I, I I will also say that apparently Marcus has seen this. I haven't seen it yet. Um, the cons cuts the much longer cut of this movie that's on that arrow blu-ray Sarah by the way apparently I'm not watching it <laughs> apparently adds adds more <laughs> scenes at the end and I think there is more dialogue from the Baron and and more people in that in uh, in that in that finale right Marcus there is yeah 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 the ending is longer it, um, but not understanding that leaves me feeling like this film has a lot of loose ends that are not answered and I, do, I doesn't feel like it's on purpose. It feels like it's because there's too many ideas thrown in. 
Yeah, that's a that's a totally fair read. Like to me, that's just that's the mystery. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, totally a fair read uh, to come away from it with. Like, I I don't I can't disagree with you at all. And it's a weird comparison, but that's why I felt so eh at the end, or like not eh, but like confused and kind of like didn't know what how to begin to talk about it. Just like Green Knight. Because Green Knight felt, at first, when I watched Green Knight, it felt like there was a lot of things thrown there at me that did not have explanation and that they weren't going to explain it. Or there was no explanation that I could find for it, even from the from Lowry. So, uh, and that's how I feel about this movie right now. So much like Green Knight, this is going to end up being uh, one of your favorite films, right, Sarah? No. No, Deb Patel's not in this. <laughs> what if he was? If he was a cop probably could become one of my favorites let's digitally <laughs> remove the rock digitally add Dev patel can we also add in if we're removing the rock can we add in vin diesel no no okay i, I tried no, not, not not him i tried <laughs> um yeah marcus i have a question That's for you what i got marcus Who? me all right do you have any more questions for sarah uh, just uh, let's uh, let's take it away from plot stuff. Let's uh, let's uh, try to do something a little lighter. How's uh, <laughs> how do you think about the what do you what do you, what do you what do you feel during the the killer scene, the Justin Timberlake uh, musical segment? I thought it was fine. It, <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> I, I wasn't like shocked by it. Um, I thought that it was. Uh, an interesting commentary on the the how we treat soldiers and how they deal with that afterwards and being on drugs and having illusions of what he was owed women and beer <laughs> I mean he's kind That's of living great. that way I thought that it was more of an illusion uh, than anything even more so I mean it, it obviously is but then you see him uh, actually drinking and hanging out with a bunch of people at a normal looking party so it's not like he's miserable um but yeah i again i think whenever i whenever it was a very clear commentary on what was going on or how things could be if we went a certain way i thought it was good when it started to be like you know you know symbols of everybody's raising their arms like they're on the titanic and getting crucified that's when it started to be like what's going on here but you know i get it the end pro the last thing that justin timberlake says you know the end prophecy or the last part of mm-hmm. the bible that isn't really the bible that was really mm-hmm. cool actually i like that a lot i like the whole forgive yourself thing it was cool nice <laughs> there you go I think Marcus. I think we won. I think I think we have another South End Tales fan. Never watching it again, Marcus. I will watch again if you can actually answer the question about the Baron. I think you know, Sarah. I, I, I say this: we're going through this chapter by chapter. I think by the end, yeah, and, then, and then we're also going to do the cons uh, cut. We're going to do a commentary for that. By the end, I think we'll have all the answers, right, Marcus? Yeah, 100% of them, for sure. Yeah. And then we can answer anything. Like, uh, like uh, I know Marcus got stumped in this episode. Uh, I, I can't see him right now, but I know it. I just see his, his eyes are like deer in a headlights eyes. You, you, you got him in the corner. He was, he, was up, he was up on the ropes. He was sweating. But I think he's going he's gonna to have his confidence back at the end of this series. 
And I think we'll I think we'll have you back for a bonus episode or something where you'll have all the answers. Uh, no, Marcus will have all the answers to your questions, Sarah. I think that's what's going to happen. I'm not coming back. <laughs> this is my last podcast appearance. Oh, and this is it. What a way to end. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm. I think I'm satisfied. I, Marcus, do you have anything else? I don't think so. No. I mean, any any final I words? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, Sarah, uh, uh, would you be interested in watching? Not not for a podcast or anything, but like, th- does this? Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. You're, you're never going to see this again. But would you be interested no. in like maybe seeing Donnie Darko, which is for some people, for some uh, uh, very normal people, like you know, the better work of, of Richard Kelly and and one that a lot of people like. Would you want to see that in the future? I somehow managed to get away with never seeing Donnie Darko, despite being the right age to be obsessed with it as an early teenager and uh, the right mindset. I was a trying to be an emo kid um i would be interested in seeing it i've read some recent writing on it especially on filmcred.com film-cred.com wait for the plugs Uh, (laughs) and uh it made me interested i think if i had seen that first and understood uh his mindset of i mean i know that that's a little that is apocalyptic and prophecy as well right yeah yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think I would have had a better idea of where this was going. Interesting, interesting. So uh, when you give me back that Arrow Blu-ray set, I'm going to lend you the Donnie Darko uh, Arrow set, and you can you can watch that. Um, I'll, accept, I'll accept that. Yeah. <laughs> um, That'll be great. Yeah. But uh, oh, well, that's good. See, I think we should ask that of people, Marcus, in the future. It's like, does this open the door for them yeah. for, for, for previous Richard Kelly uh, Are you being paid by Richard Kelly? Tell me now. No, 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 no. We're, no. we're not in the pocket of Big Kelly. We're just trying to get him on the exactly. show. Exactly. We're all. trying to get him on the show. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. We know yeah. he knows we exist. Okay. Uh, yeah. Whether yeah. whether he's listened to an episode, that's that remains to be seen. And I may have yeah. I may have said some disparaging things about him early on in this series, but <laughs> no way am I going to say that now. I think he's a up, I think he's an upstanding citizen. I think he's a creative guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I, and and I'm looking forward to what he does in the future. And I'm looking forward to any future uh, South uh, uh you know films or series or whatever he com- prequel comes films, up the Donnie whatever. Darko two, uh, the box follow up. Yeah, and he yeah. could make that announcement of what his, of his future projects here on the show. And that's what we're that's what we're saying. Oh my god! I mean, oh if he makes god. that an exclusive, you know, for you know f- for the end of this series, you know, uh, Richard Kelly will be, will be our last guest, and we'll have an in depth interview. <laughs> At the end of that episode, he'll say. Guys, I'm making Southland Tales the prequel, and that would be that that that's what we're aiming for, Sarah. So we're not getting paid by Richard Kelly, but we're totally aiming for him to be on the show. Sellouts. Do you know Richard Kelly, by the way? Do you? Can, do, I do. You don't? Yeah, uh, I never heard of him before until now, but I actually do know Richard Kelly oh. or BFFs. Okay. Be right back. I'm gonna go oh. text him. <laughs> and on that note, thank you, Sarah Sarantino. Uh, so much fun mm. talking to you. Thank you. Yes, pl- yes, Sarah. Thank you. Yes. Um, I think what we are going to do now is plugs, Sarah, um, because we don't normally do plugs when we're just uh, two doofuses together. But when when we have a guest, we allow them to plug. So, Sarah, go ahead. Yes. What do you have to plug? 
Um, I have a podcast called Sequels. Oh, that's right. Uh, there would be a new episode out if Marcelo would edit it. Uh, maybe by the time this comes out, uh, that'll come out too. So it, uh, it'll be a week of uh, Sarah Sorrentino um, on Talk Film Society. Sarah Sorrentino. Um, I'm also editor-in-chief of Film Cred. That's a website. We're direct competitors with Talk Film Society. No, that's never... No. Um, no. We don't even have film writing anymore. We just do podcasts now. So We're trying to beat them in followers on Twitter. Uh, we're only seven thousand ish behind, yeah, and I'm we're stuck 8, at like nine thousand, like five hundred, which is infuriating. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, so, if you guys could unfollow Talk Film Society no. and then follow Film Cred, is it is this the start of the official beef between Film Cred and Talk Film Society? <laughs> is is that happening here? If I really did a beef, I would win. So let's not. <laughs> that sounds like the start of a beef. <laughs> <laughs> Marcelo, you don't want this. I'm so mean to you already, you know? Sarah, How could it escalate? Listen, it would be so painful for you. It, it, it would only help me in the long run, because uh, any beef... Not emotionally. No, I, I mean, Nas and Jay-Z, <laughs> they turn out just fine af- after Ether. No, so, I don't so, like either of them. Uh, <laughs> so, folks listening, uh, you decide who's the Nas, who's the Jay-Z in the film cred mm-hmm. versus talk film society beef. Um, I know whose right. side Marcus is on. Marcus. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, no, we're we're Mar- me and Marcus play Animal Crossing. Marcus oh, okay. We made it this long and, and, and uh, without talking about this. <laughs> and Sarah, expect expect a nice little gift in your mailbox. Uh, <laughs> there we go. What? Uh, oh. It's a it's a nuke. No, you actually could send me <laughs> the briefcase that opens up and gets all shiny. You know what I'm talking about? There's actually yeah, a, like the gold briefcase. There is a kiss briefcase. me deadly reference in animal crossing wow is there, another, is there a different briefcase i don't know about yet no 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 but the one briefcase opens up and it's it's light comes out of it hmm i don't, I don't think i know about this item i'm gonna double check after this to make sure i didn't say something wrong but and, i'm pretty sure and sarah will correct it when she brings back the uh, animal crossing podcast um so say we all what, what was the name of it villagers say yes what, what's the name <laughs> <laughs> So says the villager. It's not coming back. It's coming it's back. It's not coming back. Coming back. We, we talked about it. Um, Matt Curioni is not going to talk to us. <laughs> That's not how you that. pronounce his name. Well, maybe, maybe there's somebody who'd be interested sure. in replacing That's right. Matt Curione. Uh, Mark- maybe there's somebody out there who plays oh, Animal Crossing no. every single day. Oh, and right. and may- maybe, there- maybe there's somebody who podcasts regularly and has the capability to podcast and would want to talk about Animal Crossing. I don't know. Who could that be? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that person exists, but we'll see. We'll see. Because that's what I think. That's what public demands. I I I, I can't uh, I can't open up my email. I'm wrong about the briefcase. I'm wrong about the briefcase. We still could make it happen, though. We could make it happen. I could build the Kiss Me Deadly nuke room with this briefcase, but uh, I'm wrong. It does not glow up that way. I you thought could, it you did. Could, uh, you could make it sparkle. You could shine it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can make this happen. We'll work on it. So stay tuned for that, folks. Check out those uh, <laughs> our tweet feeds to, to see pictures of this uh, when, when it happens. Um, follow Please m- check out our tweet feeds. <laughs> follow Marcus, speaking of tweet feeds, at Gunkblader on Twitter. Fuck you. G-U-N-K-B-L-A-D-E-R. Nope. nope. Uh, Incorrect. Uh, talkfromsociety.com. 
Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Society. All right. Thank you, Sarah. This was fun. Uh, we, we, we desperately needed a noir expert, and we got the we got our noir fill in noir November. Uh, for... Was I the per- first uh, woman on the podcast? No. No. Marcus? Oh, good. Good. So y'all aren't that sexist. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Exactly. No, no, no. <laughs> you are our third guest. Uh, we hope there are more. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Hasn't cool. worked out too well. <laughs> and, and, and on that note, we're going to end with our catchphrase. Hey. <laughs> I was going to say my catchphrase. Have... A nice Have a nice apocalypse. Bye. Bye bye. Is that really how you end it? Yeah.